I'm Polly. I'm a mom, a wife, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and founder of No Kegels University. I have helped thousands of women stop leaking, enjoy intimacy, and feel proud of their bodies, even after having kids. After years of listening to women wonder why no one talks about leaking, how they should properly recover after having a baby, and that pleasurable intimacy is possible, I started to get real frustrated because I believe that no mom or woman should struggle when there are answers. It became my mission to shed light on the lack of postpartum care and the lack of discussion on issues that relate to women and their health, even if they can be uncomfortable sometimes. It also became my mission to change the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more. Here we go. Episode 64, Diastasis Recti and My Dog. In today's episode, I wanna talk to you about my dog, Junebug, or June B, we call her so many different things. And I wanna tell you about her because I wanna to explain to you what she taught me about diastasis recti and postpartum recovery. In, this, in the summer of, I guess it's two summers ago, we um, had decided, I guess in the spring, to breed our dog June B so she could have puppies. And Junbi is honestly the sweetest dog. And the things I'll share about her is we call her um, emotionally codependent. <laughs> she is always a nervous wreck if we are not around. And we also call ourselves her emotional support humans because she really does rely on us a lot. <laughs> and the other thing that I'll add here too is that she just wants to be by us and have love. And so the reason I tell you that is because when she went into labor the evening of Cinco de Mayo, I remember because me and my kids had had a little party and she went into labor that night and she kind of interrupted it a little bit, which is okay. She needed to come first that day and she had birthed two babies, two puppies at home and we had done an x-ray prior to this. So we knew we had seven puppies in total. Otherwise, the way she presented, we just assumed, you know, she probably is done. And because we knew that there were more, I wanted to make sure that um, the puppies were coming out. And to make a very long story short, <laughs> there were two ER visits, or the vet ER, I guess you could say, and she ended up with a C-section. And when I went to pick her up, because I had carried her, the two little puppies with us so that they could nurse. I took them home so I could nurse them at home um, because she had to be there for a while. And then I came back and what they had told me was, you need to pick her up and put her in your car. But also what you need to do is she needs to be unleashed. She cannot be running around. And I didn't think a thing of it because I was so sleep deprived by the entire thing. But I remember when I picked her up at the vet's office, I guess the, the ER, if you will, the vet ER, I had to help her get into the car because she was so drugged. And then we drove home, it was about a 35 to 40 minute drive, and I helped her, I had to help her get out of the car, and it was just a little sedan that we had. And I remember thinking, oh, I bet she must be hurting, because I've had two C-sections myself. And so we took her into, they call it a whelping box. So we took her into the whelping box. It's a box and it has, um, 
Some of them have lips. Ours had PVC pipe just to keep if the mama rolled up against the side, the puppies still had a place of protection so the mama wasn't rolling on the puppies. And so we, we took her out there. We got all the puppies nursing. It was so sweet. And I think we maybe spent, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes out there with her. And then I asked her, hey, Jimby, you need Los Angeles potty? And she immediately jumped up, looked like she was gonna knock over those puppies. And she went tearing out of that whelping box. We have a door, a doggy door from our garage to the outside into our fence backyard. And she took tearing out of there. And I thought, oh my gosh, just not that long ago, I had to help her in the car and help her get out of the car. And she's running around. And they told me that she needed to be on a leash. And so I was panicking because I didn't know what to do. And so I just let her kind of run around because I thought, well, I guess she's an animal. She can figure it out. And she was running around, running around. And she came to me when I called her and I thought, oh gosh, she must be hurting. And so I had her lay down and I wanted to check her stitches because I thought, oh, I can't imagine having my baby via C-section. And I only had one baby. She had the rest of the, of the seven. She had five more via C-section. And I thought, but I would be in so much pain. Yes, she had pain meds. Actually, I don't, I'm not sure if she did or not, but I, I didn't do any pain meds and I can't, I couldn't even imagine like how she was doing this. And so what I did was, was I, ch I checked her um, stitches and everything was intact. And I thought, oh, this is so interesting. And I noticed that she seemed to get really nervous if she couldn't go outside and run around. And I started thinking about this and maybe because I was delusional and I watched her on her healing journey. Um, I would check her stitches every day. I started doing scar work like I would with my patients because this is my beloved June B. I wanted to make sure that she was okay. And the interesting thing, well, the, 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 the pieces of advice that I want to give you that I learned about core and recovery. And yes, she had a C-section. Chances are you didn't have a C-section. But here's what I learned, and I'm not saying that we all need to go out and run after we give our baby. Um, she is an animal, but I also thought we're like animals to some degree. I'm not going to go like down that track or anything, but she walks around on all fours, right? On her front legs and on her back legs, and we walk on two. And really, while I would say, you know, depending on the activity you're doing, there might be more stress on your tummy muscles standing or on all fours it just depends but the one thing that i learned right away was that she did really well getting up and moving around and i thought what does that look like being on all fours and while i did a little bit of this because i have my patients do a lot of crawling especially right after they have a baby and especially if they have diastasis but what I know, but I, what I know about being on all fours or quadruped or walking around like my dog June B is that that core gets a different amount of input and a different amount of work. And when you look into the science of it, there is a lot of sense there. And so the first thing that I think we can learn about diastasis or C-section or um, just recovering after having a baby is to be like June B in these ways. The first way. Be on all fours. And I'm not talking going up and down the stairs on all fours, you know, crawling to go get your baby on all fours. I mean spending some time on all fours. 
like I said, I'm not going to go through that deep analysis of where all of this is coming from, um, scientifically, neuromuscularly, but our core will turn on and it really pulls us back to basics. Think about your kiddo. A lot of the motor milestones that they start hitting a lot more quickly comes after they crawl. Why? Because of the input that that core is getting. The second thing that we can learn about our cores that we can learn from Doom B is to be active. And again, I don't mean running around like June B was. I mean, really, there were times that she would run all the way out to the shop on the back side of our property, and I would see her little teats full of milk just slapping on either side. If you're listening to this in the podcast, you, you can't see me moving, but truly, like, one side of her <laughs> teats would slap one side of her belly, and then they would go and slap the other side which looked absolutely painful. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, I remember when, you know, I was nursing and how full I was. But what I mean is that was the one thing that seemed to keep her happy was that she just needed to get outside and move a little bit. I would argue to say she might've done too much, but that's what she wanted to do. And like I said, I kept an eye on her scar, but that is, I, I think, such a great point to consider. The third thing that we can learn from Jumbi and our cores after we have our baby is that there's a lot of healing that gets done naturally. The one thing I noticed about June, and like I mentioned before, she loves to be with us. If we are in the room, she is rarely sleeping. However, after she had her baby, her puppies, she slept a lot, a lot, a lot. And I know as a new mom, it's really hard to get that time to sleep. But I also know that when we sleep, we heal. And the beautiful thing about that is, while many of us are not in a position, nor would we even want to, I know I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to hire a night nurse because that's bonding time with my baby. But really trying to make a priority to sleep so that healing can happen. And the last piece of advice that I want to give you based on what I learned about June B is that she wanted to be around us. She really did. And there was part of me that I thought, no, 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 you should be with your puppies and bonding. But knowing June B, she needed what was most important to her. And that was me and my husband and our kids. And translation, I want you to notice that about yourself as well. What is it that you need in this time of healing after giving birth in this postpartum period? If you need some of your family around because that's what's helping you, do that. If you don't need a lot of your family around because you're more of an introvert and that's where you can find healing in a place of rest, then do that. You know yourself and you know what you need and what you like and enjoy. And I encourage you to do that because that is one thing that June B, it was almost like she had FOMO. If she was out in the garage in the whelping box with the puppies, she would take several breaks a day and she would come inside and she would just hang out with us and we would pet on her and love on her because that is her. She loves us and wants to be loved and show us love in return. And while you might be like June B, or you may not be like June B in that sense, I think it was such an important thing because I remember when I was pregnant, I oftentimes didn't, I felt like my needs came last 
And yes, the, the newborn baby, they need you, they're dependent upon you, but I also don't want you to forget that your needs come first as well. And with that, I want you to remember that you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. And before I end this episode, I want to remind you that at the end of this month, the Diastasis Recti 101, the vital steps to overcoming diastasis and getting rid of the mommy pooch, is being revamped and will be available for you. And if you are interested in learning more about this, then please come join my No Kegels University sorority. It's a free group where each month there's a monthly training and exercises to go along with that theme. And it's free. And the last thing, if you're struggling to know what your next step is, whether that's your pelvic floor or your core, then I invite you to fill out the form. You'll see it in the show notes, your pelvic floor or core's next step form. And I would love to get back with you about a strategy or two that you can start implementing today. See you in the next one. If you enjoyed this episode or even wondered if I can help you, check the show notes for more details. And to see what else I'm up to, follow me on the socials at Beyond the V, period, by Polly. Because I'm changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more, I still need your help. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend or two. See you next week.